Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Welcome back for another OG Show Live. Mr. Randall, how you doing? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Real Down. Welcome back to another episode of Bass Fishing for News. Hi, boys and girls. Welcome to, once again, the Bass Guy. Oh, brother. This is the final cast. Another segment of uh, Chasing the Tide, your saltwater connection on the Palatine. Welcome back, everyone. Another episode of Feather and Fur, your host. Welcome back to the Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Hey, welcome back to Off the Water. Happy here with Adventures of Outdoor Woman Podcast. Hey, guys. Welcome to the Rusty Hook Kayak Fishing Podcast. We're brought to you by Pelican Built Tough. For all situations, go to pelican.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, go to eastport.info. Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Hello, hello everyone out there. This is Matt and Brad coming to you with another episode of the final cast on the Paddle and Fin Network. Brad, how are you doing today? Doing good. Best episode on Paddle and Fin. All day long. I'm putting the hammer down, so if you guys are listening, we're the best. Suck it. I'm just joking. I'm not. Suck it. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Oh, but Brad, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great, dude. The Browns won last night in a spectacular fashion. Dude, that was awesome. I I text you, man. I text you. I was like, dude, 25 to 6. The Browns won this. And what did I say? What did I say, though? They said, you said it's not over and they could still make a comeback. I said, that'd be a colossal meltdown if that happens. I said, shut up, don't jinx it. And then you said that. And I I think I I either think I text back or I meant to and didn't. I said, it's happened twice already this year. Let's not jinx it. (laughs) And then they just kept pouring it on Nick Chubb, showing why he's the best running back in the league. And the rest of the team showing like they how they should act in the NFL. So I'm just glad, man. The Bengals are poopy. I hate them. <laughs> Stacy's a Bengals fan too. So I, she came in. Oh, she geez. doesn't watch football, but she's a Bengals <clears throat> fan. And I just paused it on the final score when it was real big. And I was like, look what happened. She's like, shut up. I was talking to my brother about this the other day. He was like, we were talking about the biggest Steelers rival in the AFC North. I was like, it's the obviously the Ravens. He was like, I hate them, dude, but I respect them. I was like, yeah, same. He's like, 
Browns and Bengals, they're just like annoying. I was like, that's because they're the little brother. And he was like, yeah. does that mean you think I'm annoying? And I'm like, no comment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true though. No, I mean, see, that's what, when you go to the rivalry stuff, I don't hate the Bengals. Like, I just don't like them, but I don't hate them. I hate the Ravens because the original the Browns. Because the Cleveland Browns won that Super Bowl because it was all the Browns players. Yeah. I mean, it just that's minus like two. Like, that's just how – and I don't blame the players, but I hate them anyway. So, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. I'm 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 way past that. So, I'm just happy we're, we won a game for once. And the Buckeyes won, and uh, they played terrible in my opinion, but they still won by 15 – or no, 12. So, it was a good weekend, at least sports-wise. So, I'm pumped. There you go. Yep, but I'm I'm so pumped for this episode. I've been waiting for it since we had the idea. So I'm excited. I'm I'm ready to go. It's not an original idea. I mean, no, we're kind of doing it different. Um, Andrew Hayes, a tackle talk. He does an episode like this, but it's like fishing related. This episode, we have some fishing stuff in there. We have some goofy stuff, but we're having a a listener's uh, questions episode. So we're going to answer some questions from the listeners yeah yeah so but before we get into that as always we do every show dark horse tackle the best baits made in the usa use the code paddle 20 for 20 percent off your first subscription box fantastic boxes go back through the shows you'll see us doing unboxes on them we usually do it the first or second show of every month um so definitely check them out they will I mean, I, I filled three boxes today from just the last six months of Jeez. dark horse boxes. So, like, if, if you're if you don't have a lot of tackle, you can build up. If you're a tackle junkie like me, you can continue your obsession. So, dark horse tackle, check them out. And also another show sponsor, Nico Bates, which I mentioned on the last show, but uh, just to reiterate it, once we get to December holiday time, Nico's gonna we're gonna partner with them and do a uh listener giveaway so keep your ears open and eyes open if you're watching on youtube for that um we'll have some more details come down the pipe here shortly but without further those ado, leeches man i was just gonna say those leeches dude they're them. amazing need some more like, there that's one of the questions well i will be talking about the leech so don't worry it's already there all that's right we'll talk about it then I, f- I forgot to get a drink, so that sucks. All right, it is what it is. All right, uh, Brad, you want to start us off? You want to ask? Uh, start the first question, or it might be me, just because I yeah. Don't you, have a lot uh, pop it up on the screen. I don't. Let, I'll let you run the the questions on the screen, just because I think it's in di- might be different order. I don't know. I might be retarded. Uh, yeah, possible. Uh, <laughs> first question is: How is the BFS uh, BFS stuff working out for everybody? That's coming from Deno eighty seven. Alex Deneau in Indiana. Uh, so Brad kind of runs BFS uh, just with a regular MGL reel because the Scorpion MGL can throw light as light can be. Um, but I run an actual MGL BFS. I run the Alder Baron BFS and a Mega Bass Hayuga BFS rod. And it's working out great, man. I haven't really thrown it, I'll be honest, in the last couple trips, mostly because I wanted something with a little bit more backbone because I was throwing out a Ned Rig weedless. And it is impossible to find Ned Rig heads that are light wire. I don't know why. Like weedless ones? Yeah, like a weedless, like an EWG style. They always have the thicker wire. So I've had to go to a medium spinning rod just because I I just have better confidence uh, in setting the hook. 
Now, don't get me wrong. I forgot what rod I've throwing before, and I've just ripped on that Hayuga, <laughs> and it nothing's happened. I didn't hear yeah. a pop, so I'm sure it would be okay. But I don't want to take a risk of setting into like an actual really good fish and not get a good hook set. Um, but yeah, when I do use it, I mean, I can cast a Ned rig farther than almost anyone I know. I can be more accurate with it because I have more control with it in a casting reel and rod or rod and reel, super sensitive. Um, and it's got to kind of be, especially going into the winter, I've actually got a couple really tiny jerk baits um, that I'm going to kind of play with they're not your standard like vision 110s or anything they're a mega bass i can't even remember the mega bass uh something hyuga not hyuga but something hy japanese word flat side and it is about an inch and three quarters or two inches long and i can't wait and it's gonna be perfect for that uh finesse system so i can throw that out and really get the lazy fish or the finicky fish to see a little tiny bait fish darting around and hopefully they'll smack it so i'm excited to play with that a little bit yeah like matt said i have the scorpion mgl and i have a couple other bantam mgls now i can throw up to eighth ounce on those things easy I, i've never tried anything smaller than that but i mean i don't know i love them though like i never had the option to throw anything less than quarter ounce on my bait casters until i got those mgls so it's like Throwing a Joshi, for example, on a bait caster, it's it's awesome. Same with like the Z-Man finesse jigs. It's fun. I love it. So I, I've been enjoying that. I've never used the BFS technical, technically or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, eighth ounce on a bait caster, that's pretty impressive too, I think. Oh, for sure. And with those Bantams and the Scorpion MGL, you could probably test the waters down to a 16th if you really wanted to. If I don't had, see the don't see the like, point, though. Yeah, I mean, the BFS rod, it was really designed for like like a, a trout baits, like super light ounce 16th or 116th, 132nd light trout baits um, that are short, like 6'9", that they're tracking it, trucking into and out of like streams and stuff like that um and then of course us americans have just bastardized the whole technique and used it for smallmouth and largemouth bass and uh <laughs> and uh but i mean you could those mgl reels i've thrown a 16th ounce on a b or a bantam before uh yeah and it threw it decent now was i was i chucking it out there no and it was on a medium like a light medium casting rod yeah um but it still it was fine and the plus with that is you're throwing such a small bait when you do get the hook, especially for Joshi. So I love throwing them on casting rods. When you set the hook, it's not like with a spinning rod. Sometimes you either miss it or you're just not getting a ton of backbone, especially on far bites. But with a bait casting rod, I mean, you're setting into it and you have all the pressure straight up instead of kind of an awkward position. So yeah, yeah dude, it's money. I agree with you. Joshi's on a casting rod. is a game changer. Yeah. I like it. So what's the next question we got? Uh, next question we got is, ba-ba. it's from Cam out Daniel outdoors. When our buddy Cam, uh, Daniel, he's been on the show a couple times fishing spot bucket lists. What are your Ooh. top three spots that you have to go before you kick the bucket? You can start. Good one. I gotta, I gotta think. Oh dude. So, um, I was just thinking about this cause I saw it in the queue. Um, I'm going to say St. Clair, not far away. Three three half hours away from us because we need to go um yes i'm gonna say the new river in virginia 
West mm-hmm. Virginia. And I don't know, dude. One of the Finger Lakes up north or the St. Lawrence River or something. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, that would be sick. <laughs> so mine are the Susquehanna River all day long. I want to get Oh, dude. Really I should have added that. <laughs> I know. Why did I wouldn't. not think of that? <laughs> so I want to go to the Susky. Um, I've been to St. Clair, so that's off the list. That was on the list. We do need to go, especially since it's so close. Like we have no excuse other than gas is expensive. I know. Um, I want to go to Clear Lake in California, and I want to throw big swim baits around and catch eighteen pound largemouth. Uh, that would be a cool one too. It would be sick, dude. I'm, I want to go out there really bad. Um, I've been to Gunnersville. I've been to. <sighs> I've been to Kentucky Lake, Dale Hollow. I've been to. Uh, I've been I do a lot of places. Um, but I really like the number one. If I could only if I could fish, like you could fish your regular spots and go this one destination. I want to go to Lake Biwa in Japan. Oh yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, Lake Biwa is where the technically technical official world record largemouth came out of. There's, I personally think there's a little asterisk next to that because the dude caught one out in Cali and they it's a whole they said they foul hooked it but i don't think he did but whatever yeah. um but that lake is it's the only main lake in japan that has largemouth bass in it that aren't viewed as an invasive species the mm-hmm. bass get huge like monstrous they're aggressive as all get out they fight from what everything i've read and videos i've watched that i couldn't understand because they were speaking japanese but i've watched it they fight <laughs> like smallmouth, and you're catching them in like 30 foot of water and they're fighting like smallmouth the whole way up like it look i just want to put a ca- boat on it a kayak on it and just go to town and have like oh. a week just to fish every inch of it um man yeah. uh, fishing 30 feet of water i used to think that was like like impossible crazy like impossible man but now like I want. I want to do. I want to go up north and I want to hit that reservoir. It sounds fun right now. Yeah, and I mean, you especially in the next week or so. Once we get closer into the, because we're this week's going to be Ohio's stupid because we're in the seventies again. Um, but next week it drops back down to the forties, low forties. Yeah. So they're going to start pushing those deep waters. So I definitely think a trip up there is needs to happen. We should. Shit. I agree. I'll let but. you read the next question because this is someone that's near and dear to you. I <laughs> ah, don't say that. No. So this next question comes from my wife, my lovely wife, who knows she asked these questions and knows I'm going to talk about. It, so she's got to listen to it. So Stacy, I love you. Thank you for asking such great questions because she's got like two or three in here. Um, what's your number one bait for smallmouth? She knows because I never shut up about it. So I'll let you start first. Big Joshy. <laughs> big joshy yep so uh surprise surprise it's also a big joshy or it's just I such a ask, good bait man it dude it really is it's hard to like to try to fight against it um but i will uh the nico leech has been my new go-to lately because when they're not biting anything else including joshies they start smacking the leech i don't yeah. know why i don't know what's so special about it i don't care nobody's throwing it's, it I, they're stupid because it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree, but, dude. But yeah, I mean, it's for me. It's this. It's the big Joshi uh, or the Nico Leech all day long. I, if I could only throw two baits, and I had to for smallmouth, I could throw both of those, and I'd catch fish anywhere I go, no matter what part of the country. Yeah, I'm in. yeah the Joshi is always tied on for me. It never comes off that rod. So I my yeah. the rod that I have specifically 
for the big Joshy. Yep. So I'm the same. Um, we can go da, 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 da. that one. Oh, I got it. If you could go back in time and give your younger self a tip, what would it be from Cam Daniel outdoors? I'm guessing he wants to say fishing related, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming so. Cause he, he commented on my thing and said this, so I'm assuming it's fishing related, but it might be life related. I don't know. Uh, I can tell you if it's life related, save more money. Don't buy stupid stuff. Uh, definitely those two be more financially cognizant of what you're doing. Um, and then fishing related, be more patient. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm, I'm such, and you're, you're kind of the same way, but I'm so, so stuck in the rut of power fishing and that's all I want to do. And everything else yeah. takes me off and I, I get frustrated if I'm not getting bites. Um, be more patient when it comes to fishing, be able to slow down and throw those finesse baits without getting f- frustrated and sit there and bounce something across some rocks for 20 minutes. And after years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com waypoint. That's mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off take your time and pick apart cover. Cause I've had to learn that last couple years is I see cover. I cast three or four spots and then I leave like actually pick it apart. And it's, it's paid off this year when I pick apart cover, didn't get a fish for the first 10 casts. And on 11 cast, I get a 17 who was just sitting there and I had to finally get over there. So right. those would be my tips for sure. Uh, the tip that I would give would be, the biggest thing that's helped me learn how to fish deeper water, which I didn't start doing this until a couple, yeah, two or three years ago, I guess. So mm-hmm. the biggest thing is people like, like we said a few minutes ago, people look at that 30 foot depth mark and they're like, Oh, that's way too deep. Put it into perspective. So if you got a tape measure at home, run that tape measure out to 30 feet and just visually look at how long that is. When you put it into perspective like that, it's not that, it's not that deep at all you're just like oh wow that's 30 feet that's not very long 
So that puts in perspective. And then when you're throwing heavier baits, like a three quarter ounce or an ounce jig, or even an ounce and a quarter and quarter jig, that jig gets to the bottom super quick, a lot quicker than you would think. So I, I can get like a TRD down to like 20, 25 feet, maybe like four seconds, five seconds. But I also use the fifth ounce. But that's my tip, man, to learn deeper waters. That's something yeah, that's it's helped a, me a lot. It's definitely a good tip because, I mean, kind of like what you said, a lot of people are are super intimidated by deeper water. Um, and a lot of us growing up from the bank has always fished to where we're casting into shallow water. And we're not. it doesn't go very deep. So we think all the bass are up shallow all the time. Um, but I mean, when you get into summer patterns, if you have a big body of water near you or winter patterns, those largemouth and smallmouth will go deep 20 to 25 feet and they'll just suspend there and they'll stay down there because the thermoclines there. This is a whole nother episode to really get into yeah. if we ever decide to like really dive deep into fish finders and what they are and all that fun stuff, which I'm, I'm, I think there, we, you guys did before I came on the show, you guys did an episode kind of like that. Yeah. Um, man. But you'll find on your fish finder, you can find the thermocline. Fish are sitting there. So if it's in 22 feet of water, the fish are at 22 feet of water in the winter and then in the summer because it stays mm -hmm. at constant temperature almost year round. It only fluctuates two to three degrees. So they're there. So yeah. if you're fishing and you're not getting bites in eight feet of water, well, it's because the fish are in 22 feet of water. And you have to, like what you said is the best tip I've ever heard because I never even thought about that. Take a tape measure, throw it out there. A lot of people would be surprised that most people's driveways are 20 to 25 feet. Yeah, long. exactly. And they and don't it's like, like they not just... that long at all. <laughs> and you think when you pull, like when I get in my truck, I always say like, I pull in the driveway. I'm always like, dude, I wish I had like an extra eight feet of driveway. Yeah. Just because it's my truck is from front or from my garage to almost the end of the driveway into the approach of the driveway. And that's 22 foot. Mm -hmm. So like, it's not as much bad as you think everybody yep. it's exactly. it's it is something you have to do to get confident with and feeling your bait at the bottom is a little bit different because you're pushing through a lot more water but it's something you can do with practice and repetition so yeah you'll catch more fish especially if the bottom's like muddy or something or not rocks or anything then you can't really feel it but i want to just you'll visually feel... in your head just visualize it that's yeah and you'll i'm feel a carpenter the bite dude I mean, yeah so like when I pulled out my tape measure, I was just like, Oh wow, 30 feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like that helped great... that helped my mindset. Yeah, I mean it's and it's not like you're going out. I can promise you, I highly, highly doubt. I'm sure someone said, Oh no, I've caught one. You're not gonna find bass in a hundred foot of water. It's I mean, I don't think they can go down that far. Maybe they can. I, I don't know. I've the the deepest I've ever caught a bass was 35 foot. When I brought it up, it looked like it was about to explode. <laughs> so like I had to do Did the needle. Yeah, I had to fizz yeah. it and do everything, and then the thing still took me like five minutes of like just <laughs> running water through the gills to get to swim off, and it went. It did. You, this. you were stroking. <laughs> uh, dude, I was I was bringing her back, and uh, and it. What's crazy is it. You think all that energy it wouldn't want to go straight back. It took two swipes of its tail and then went straight down, just like like yep. a whale. That's and it crazy. Was, uh, so. I mean, it, it's a lot. It's not as intimidating as you think, I guess, is what the last part I want to say. So. Uh, next question. Hey, look who it is. It's Stacy Souders, my wife again. Man, this question what? can be a loaded question. It can be a loaded question. And 
we got the time. So I say we just dig into it because it's a good question. I mean, yeah. I get asked it every season. What the question is, what baits are best for different seasons? And every season, no matter it never fails when the weather changes, somebody will ask, what are you throwing? What have you changed? Uh, I have two baits that that move around. That's a jerk bait. I'll throw in spring and fall. I will. I want to throw it in the summer, and I occasionally do, but I don't ever really, really get bit on it. It happens, but it's rare. Um, and then I throw the Ned rig spring to early summer, and then late summer to fall and winter. Yeah. Everything else I throw, jigs, Texas rigs, swim baits. I will throw them year round and get bit on them year round. That's yeah. just me. Um, I like. I'm. I've grown to where I'm keeping everything simple, stupid. I have forty thousand lures, but my techniques are all pretty straightforward. I'll throw jerk baits. The only thing I won't throw in the middle of summer and I won't throw Ned rigs in the middle of summer, but I'll throw everything else year round. I don't care. Yeah. So I was going to just like hit two from each season, I guess, starting with winter. I mean, yeah. I always have, obviously I have the Ned rig tied on in the winter and a jerk bait. And then the spring I'll bust. Well, I still have the Ned rig on, especially pre-spawn. But then I'll move more towards the big Joshi. And I don't really throw top water much until it gets summertime. But I know people that's caught them. And I'm sure it'll work. But I don't know. Big Joshi. Big Joshi goes through the whole to through the fall, honestly. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you're not wrong. I won't really throw. I won't really throw. Uh the big joshy in the winter too much i did last year and i got like two fish off of it um yeah but it was like two fish to two thousand casts so it was yeah. like my bite ratio was stupid low yeah um and top water i mean i'll th- i'll throw it year round um i guess i tend to throw it a lot more in summer and fall yep. yeah i mean so i don't throw it i don't throw top water at all in the winter um I don't, I don't i've never caught a fish on it in the fall down south <laughs> i have but it's different but i've never caught a fish up here in the fall on top water and i've i've caught maybe eight fish on top water in the spring um man this late- year that like i caught one on top water a couple weeks ago and the water temperature was 46 that's the lowest i've ever caught one. Oh yeah when you caught the shower blows i don't know yep. it might just be that shower blows is a little different um i don't know that thing is like god's gift to people i do like it it's nice but uh in the summertime I'll, I'll switch to like finesse jig and stuff and i'll work that deeper uh structure more especially in like the dog days of summer like you'll target those laydowns in deeper water and stuff and then um still the big joshy and then the fall uh what have i been throwing i've been throwing top water a lot lately and a spinnerbait in the fall yeah, in the fall, I mean, I throw it year-round, but I tend to get way more bites on it. I'll throw an underspin. Um, I throw the Uzi, or the Waze, excuse me, the Waze from Mega Bass, which is a swim jig with a little underspin, a little willow blade that comes off of it. Um, I throw that, and I usually get, always get bit on it in the fall, and then I'll get bit on it in the summer, too. But in the summer, I, I'll throw just a jig, but I'll throw a jig year-round, too. I mean, I'll, I'll be throwing a jig in December this year. I just I'm still gonna get fish on it. Just how I've heard, jigs are I've heard it working. Yeah, I mean you just have to roll it. I mean it, it's winter fishing's all finesse. So I'll throw a jig mask 
Mm. Jigmaster's finesse jig down there. A little yeah. bit of rocket real slow because the fish are going to be slow and then let them just do that real soft bite. So, yeah. Cool, man. What's the next on one? To the next one. Have any of you all had the chance to use or have you purchased the new Yak Attack Black Pack Pro? That's from Canyon Lake T Texas Angler, TX Angler. Um, oh, I have not used it. Uh, I will say it looks sweet. I like that you can upgrade a bunch of stuff on it, and it has all the holes for different attachments and everything. I haven't used it though. I want to try it, but I haven't used it, so I can't really say. Yeah, same. I haven't used it. Um, I've seen it. I've got a buddy who has one. It's cool. Um, and kind of like what he's Brad said, it has all the little mounting points so you can mount things any way you want so it fits how you do it. Um, I'm just not a huge fan of the milk crate style yeah. of box, which is what I'm going to call it because it is. It just has a lid and it's just a box that you have to reach into. That's what that's the because I had milk crates. I had the flambeau crate. I had the original black pack and they all worked fine. In all honesty, you can go to an Aldi and ask for a milk crate and they'll sell you one for like a dollar fifty, and then you can use that and it'll work great. But the reason I like the Yak Gadget one, the Low Pro XD, is because everything's a lot easier to get to. Like I don't have to pull a lid off and reach in. I can just reach behind me and it's right there. I just go underneath the soft cover and I'm good to go. Um, so while I do think the Black Black Pro looks cool and I think a lot of people are getting good use out of it, um, it doesn't fit my fishing style and what I like. So I just go with the Yak Gadget and I have, I don't really have a need or a want to try the Black Pack Pro. Um, I know you do, you've talked about it before and I think, you know, it would work out. Uh, but I've got to the point, I don't even bring my low pro out unless I'm going on a lake. Like I bring two yeah, boxes out all today. Same so. here. I agree. Yep. <clears throat> all right. What's the next one we got? Uh, next one is da da da. Brad, you should have this. Uh, what's the yep. best beginner combo for saltwater fishing for redfish trout? And that's from Dartfish Dan. Uh, Dartfish Dan, I can tell you I live, and so does Brad, in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, <laughs> the closest redfish we have is about 800 miles away. So <laughs> we don't know. But lucky for you, the Paddle and Fin Network is expansive. So yeah. Brad reached out and got the answer for you, Dart. So here you yep. go. I uh, reached out to Dustin Nichols and I had to quote him. So I, I told him the question you answered and I uh, had him answer. He said, Dawa, Dawa has some really good entry level spinning reels, the Laguna LT uh, 2500, or if they want to go up to a hundred dollars, the Fuego LT is a bit better. Um, he said that arid coastal are affordable and have some backbone to tackle redfish the seven foot medium heavy extra fast would be good. And they are 49 95 will not break the bank. So there you go. Yeah. And I, I can he... say I've used the Fuego uh, and it's not, it's a great reel from Daiwa and it's only like a hundred bucks. Um, they make a freshwater version too, right? They do. That's the one I've used. I'm yeah. sure the saltwater version, there's no difference other than how it's sealed designed drag. and it's sealed and it's a sealed drag. There's no other than that. There's, I can't imagine it being a much bigger difference. Um, we're probably a little heavier drag. That's about it. Uh, but it's a great reel and it, it just like that rod, it won't break the bank. So you can really get into it for maybe 170 bucks and you have a whole setup 
that'll work. It's for not them. bad. Can you think about like saltwater? You think that you need some expensive stuff to tackle that kind of fish, but apparently not. Dude, I I know a ton of people who go down there with catfishing gear. Well, and they do I it. believe that. Yeah, they do it every year. And they, they just, when they're done, like you, contrary to popular belief, everybody, you don't have to have saltwater reels to fish in saltwater. You yep. just have to not be lazy when you're done and clean it. Yeah. That's I'm all you have to do. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, I take, when I go down to Florida, cause I never know what I'm going to hit. So like this year I went down there for a week, didn't get a fish at all. Love my family to death. Uh, and then I went down there for two days to pick my dad up because he had some stuff going on from work down there and I had to drive him home. Um, and I fish fresh both times, but I've gone down there for and fish salt and I'll bring my metanium with me. And technically Shimano says it's salt waterproof. I don't believe them. They're lying because it's not. Uh, so I just, when I get done, I'll fish all day. I'll catch, catch some little sea trout right off the shore and get yelled at by some old people walking the bank <laughs> and then, or the beach. It's the beach there, not the bank. Uh, and then I'll go home and I'll take my reel apart and I'll just run water right through it from a hose and just yeah. run fresh water through it and then dry it all off and re-oil it. And it's fine and re-grease it. There and it's go. great. I've never had an issue. Like it's been sitting here and it's still fine and it's awesome. So you don't need super expensive stuff. And if you got bass stuff, I can tell you, if you get anything big, your drag is not enough. Yeah. I don't I care which it. one you got, unless you got the 13 fishing uh concept A, because it has a 22 pound drag on it. That'd about be the only thing I can think. Your Corrados, your metaniums, my Antares. You no want to hear luck. something crazy? Hmm. So I don't know. This was probably like eight years ago. Uh Kurt Smith's local guy to us. He was on the news for catching a blue catfish on the Ohio River in the middle of winter using eight pound mono. Whew. And I was like, How in the world did you do that? And he's like, It was a long fight. I bet it was. I mean, you just, that's another thing. Whole other thing. If we ever do a full, like, super in depth line video, you can catch some big fish on light line. Yeah. Like, I know dudes who catch catfish on six pound and four pound when they're paying. Oh, yeah. You just have to, you just let the fish wear itself out and you don't horse it because you're just going to snap your line immediately. So the, the first time I ever caught a, ca a, a carp. So I went with this guy I met on OGF. His name was Sammy fish. And we went carp fishing. because I was like, I never caught one. Let's catch one. Yeah. That's what happened in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> Pickle park. <laughs> but anyway, he had his setup. He was using an ultralight and two pound test. And he Ooh. was fighting these carp forever. I'm like, dude, that's nuts. <laughs> He's like, dude, I love it. It's fun. I'm like, that's crazy, man. Yeah, I mean, it, it's you can do a lot with some light line. But, all right. Uh, next. So, Dart, hopefully that answered your question. If it didn't, or if you have more questions, reach out to me or Brad, and we'll hook you up with Dustin or somebody else that we know that does some red sea trout fishing, and then get you all hooked up. <clears throat> next. Uh, this is from Brian Slanton, also known as the Creek Crawler on YouTube and other social media networks. Uh, you have one rod and one lure to chase smallmouth in summer. What is it and why? We already went over it. Kind of, yes. But I mean, we went over a couple <laughs> techniques. Uh, but yeah, it's a big Joshi. Uh, that's yeah. that's uh, the Nico Leech has been awesome so far. 
but I never really got to play with it in like end of June, early July. So I don't know if it would still be as potent as it is. Uh, but you know, it is potent. The big Joshy. So what rod and reel set up? Uh, it's going to be, I would probably throw it on a metanium DC because I can throw, yeah, I can throw any, I can throw really light stuff and really heavy stuff. And I would probably put it, this will probably be surprising to you, but it's reaction bait. So I would probably put it on. Well, it probably won't be surprising to you. The X Matrix Douglas X Matrix Seven One Five F. So I get a little bit. It's a medium rod, fast action. I get a little bit longer rod, so I can put it out a little bit farther for the lighter stuff. But it loads up really well. I thought a five was a medium heavy. Seven One Five is a medium. Huh. The seven four. The seven four four and the seven four five are medium and heavy. But the 715 is a medium. I remember when I was buying them, you said, why are you buying a 715? And I was like, oh, for lighter jigs. I think it's a medium. So mm. I'm cool with it. It works out great. I throw jigs on it, and then I throw Joshies on it and jerkbaits on it. So works great. So my uh, my lure is also a big Joshie, um, and I'm throwing that on uh, X-Matrix 724XF. I like the extra fast tip just for uh fighting in current and stuff like that and i don't know it just i feel like i get a good hook set with it um i the reel i got is a shimano stratic fl that i got from matt he gave it to me because <laughs> i can't believe he gave it to me I, he handed it to me i was just like what are you serious like, i don't yeah. remember what it what it was for uh, i think it was for your birthday or something like and for everyone out there brad is it's he's like family to me but i didn't go out and buy him a brand new one yeah it was one of mine that i barely used like and i mean it was barely used it might as well have been brand new but i i didn't and i didn't pay you were the one i had well yeah and you bought that one from me so yeah yeah. um but yeah continue but yeah uh shimano stratic fl and what was i gonna say i was gonna say something else Oh, also, I'm using the Jigmaster Sledhead as my oh, yeah. my jig of choice. Will be the Sledhead all day long. It works great. Yeah, that's that's a good point. The screw lock on that makes those swim baits last so much longer. Uh, yeah. Wicked Weights makes one too. Actually, it's a rounded head that has a. So I want to try those two just to compare. It's actually it. that's a net head. Is it really? Yeah, their branding is a net head. I saw it. Hmm. Um, and I thought about it, but everything I throw Ned is it's all last tag. So I didn't really want to, I wasn't going to put yeah. a last tag now for Joshies. It'd be perfect. What so, if they start doing a last tag in Joshies? Dude, it'd be over. It'd be, <laughs> I mean, it'd be, I, I don't know. I'd be a little butthurt because I have this whole giant thing just full of Joshies. Um, but it's crazy. Yeah. Make it happen though. So there you go, Brian. I'm sure you would be in the same bucket, but you throw a lot of Nico stuff. So which, this is the hell of I, mean, I guarantee it. It is. It, I mean, it's got to be. That's like, yeah. I mean, but he catches a ton of fish on it. You know, it's yep. crazy. I still haven't caught a fish on it at all. I caught one on the one we got from Jolly Bait Company. Last yeah, I week. know. I saw that and I was like, I don't know why they've got to be here. But, and I looked it up. Not really. We don't have a whole lot of native species throughout of Hugger Mites throughout our area of Ohio. 
Hmm, I didn't know that. So maybe it's just not a forage. Like they they said they're there. They found them, but it's not a uh, big large. En- it's not a large enough population to be considered a main forage species. Our main forage you. species here are uh, uh, that one fish that we looked up, and I can't remember what it is now. Oh, uh, the hog sucker, northern the hog, hog sucker. sucker. The northern hog sucker is a forage fish, uh, and uh, crawls. Yeah, I believe that. There's a lot um, of crawls in the GMR. Uh, yeah, to say the least. Um, big ones too, like really big ones. Dude, I saw last time I went out, I saw one that like I could have just ate and probably been a go okay snack. Like it was like a boil, boil it. <laughs> Dude, it was massive. Like Dang. I was like, no, nothing, nothing here's eating that. And the thing, the fish that eats that is the fish you like get put on a wall. Twenty-three inch. Dude, it is retarded. Um, That's cool. Okay, so here's our first funny one. <laughs> oh, why does Matt spit the Mountain Dew back into the bottle after he's done drinking it? That's from Chris Yauk. <laughs> All right, Mr. Yauk. So uh, I don't spit the Mountain Dew back in. I respect Mountain Dew too much to not enjoy it. Uh, oh, but see, I have this great thing called a tobacco addiction. Uh, so for everyone... I'm sure you can hear it when I'm talking. Uh, Justin uh, told me that when we we're on the river, he's like, I can hear every time Matt spits in the bottle, it goes click. And he goes. <laughs> yeah. So for all the people listening, I chew tobacco. Uh, I, I have one in, I don't know, 20 right now. One out. Yeah. I've got one in right now. <laughs> I can tell you, I've been doing it so long. I've made a pocket in the back of my cheek. I can throw it back there and you can't tell I have it. I have one like this in all day during work when I'm talking to people all the time and I just gut it if I have to. And no one knows. Oh. Uh, fun fact, oh. I had one in during Justin's wedding. Did you really? <laughs> had no idea. <laughs> That's hilarious. no idea. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I really want to quit uh, Black Buffalo. I know you're not going to hear this because why would you? But if you do, get with me and send me some uh, tobacco free uh, <laughs> stuff because I want to quit. I've tried a couple times. I get about three and a half days and either my wife makes me go get a can because I get so irritable or I go get a can. So I don't commit like mass murder. So uh, I've tried. (laughs) I just, I've, I've kind of given up on it. I just, I just, whatever. it is what it is. Who cares? Uh, According to my dentist and many other dentists, you have a better chance of getting cancer from sunflower seeds than you do from tobacco. As long as you move the tobacco around, because you actually, get the cancer oh. mouth cancer is from irritation in the same spot oh, that's why every that. couple of days i move it over to the other side and i move it up here and down here yeah, i move it around as long as you move it around this is from dentists multiple move that's it around you'll probably you will probably be okay it's not guaranteed but for right for every hundred thousand cases of cancer from smoking related or from tobacco use hundred thousand cases Less than five of those are from chewing tobacco. Yeah, they're oh, all from smoking. interesting. Mm-hmm. So we got a couple other Chris. questions from uh, Chris. Like we got repeat questions from a few people, so it's all good. We'll answer them all still. So what's the next one? At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. 
Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Why do people that make spinner baits and buzz baits not make a closed eye so the knot doesn't slide all over the place? From Chris Yock again. We just talked about this on our spinnerbait show. We did. We did. Um, I think I it's because I think it's because it takes up too much time, you know, to actually twist it when you can just I be think, done. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a time constraint. But the mm-hmm. argument to that is, well, they're making them with the machines anyway. Like Strike King's not hand making every single thing, so they can make a machine. Well, that I was thinking like it, custom. <laughs> Custom yeah, spinners. custom work I could see. I mean, like Jig Masters, for example. It's one dude making them. I can understand yeah. why he doesn't do it. Um, I don't know if... I've I had like a couple this. Spin- I like the closed eye. So do I. And I've had a couple spinner baits that have closed eyes, and they're fine. So I don't think it's a performance issue. Um, I think it's mostly a time thing. Like I said, the one thing I like about Guggen, what they do, is they give you that little green rubber band that goes over the eye. So when you're tying your knot, your knot can't go everywhere. It stays right there. Right. So, and I never lost one of those from fishing. So, I mean, cool. It works. Um, but I don't know. That would be a great question to ask somebody next time we have somebody on that makes spinner Yeah, rates. that would be interesting. Well, yeah. Put that in the, the mind one? bank. Next one. Ooh, controversial. This is a really good one. What can be done about spot burning on YouTube from Chris Yalk? I don't even uh, know where to start. I don't think anything can be done about it. Right. If you're if you're if you're showing a spot on YouTube, you can a not get mad if someone goes to your spot. You can't. That's how it goes. Uh I don't know. Like I want to the the spot garter in me says like just don't show people where you're at on YouTube. Don't make YouTube videos of spots, super secret spot, and then show like a bridge that everyone knows what the bridge is. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. or, or obvious landmarks uh, that show stuff. But then the other person on me is, you know, YouTube and social media have become kind. I wouldn't say the lifeblood of the industry, but I mean, pretty much. I mean, it's got to the point to where people are learning how to fish the river from podcasts youtube videos you know i mean i guarantee you as much as jeff little stuff i've watched i could probably go to the susky and know where to fish yeah because he 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 shows everything so i don't i don't like i don't know how to really to answer this question uh either way because i'm on both both sides i wish you wouldn't do it because you're starting to show some of the spots i fish and it's taking me off (laughs) but i also understand why you do it yeah like i i get it like i i I don't know it's weird i mean I don't like I don't watch so I don't watch much YouTube at all really unless somebody will send me a video like hey check this out um do you think there's like spots that they won't film in at all because they know that spots like the spot Uh, I'm sure that there are but like why would you willingly give your spot away that's I don't know dude I just it's I mean, there's there's ways around it to where, like, if you don't show any landmarks and you don't show yourself walking in and you're just fishing a blink, a, a stream or a river that looks like every other river in the United States, then you're not, I can't, I'm not going to say you're spot burning because yeah. unless you know where that's at, 
you're not going to know where that's at. Like someone who watches be like, oh, there's that one oak tree from that one of it. No, they're not because that's stupid. No one's going to know I, that. I do that. I do that. I'm Shut up. Well, yeah, but I you. I, that's different <laughs> though because A, a lot of the spots that like if I send you a picture or Justin sends you a picture or something, you know it because you fish there all the time with us. So yeah. it's not like, I mean, but if someone went up north on the mad and sent you a picture. Yeah, I wouldn't you, know. You, Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So unless you know I can the tell river you really well, like if somebody posted a, a picture or something of the background, I could probably tell you what stretch of the river they're on just from the background. Like, cause each stretch has like different subtle differences in yeah, trees. And I can agree with all, that. Cause I'm starting to get grass. like that too. I mean, there's certain stretches that are, have a lot more rocks than others. There's certain stretches that have a lot more tree cover than our, our actual woods yeah. and others. Um, I'm going to say this little thing. And if you're listening to this person, I'm not, I mean, nothing negative when I say it at all. I don't agree with you, but I still think we're friends, but I don't agree with you. I had a guy who does YouTube pretty consistently who will ask to act well people will ask him to go with them and he says oh i'm gonna film he's like well i don't want you filming he's like well if i'm going with you i'm filming i don't agree with that you got invited to a spot you don't get yeah. to film it and show everyone else their spot because it's not your spot he's willing to show you because like for me and brad if i know a spot i'll tell brad if brad knows spots he'll tell me we don't tell a whole lot of other people though me you and justin want- that's about it that's that's the inner circle and then we will sprinkle some knowledge on a couple people who come with us occasionally um but even then we're very vague about some of the stuff we say and it's not necessarily that i'm like spot guarding but i just don't want to go out there one day and see 77 people on pelican kayaks it's gonna take me <laughs> off yeah. it just is i'm sorry i mean um no y- so you said it best though like the only people that are going to know about the spot are the people that have floated through there and have seen it like, or have fished it. And then on the other side, it's going to be people that have went through there, never caught anything. Didn't know that spot was there, but now they do. So I don't know. See, that's, that's another negative thing about it is that aspect. So let's say, cause there's some spots that you and me fish that I probably the whole community fishes and they never, they never fish that spot or they go right by it because they never catch a fish yep. there. But you and me will go there and we'll catch a limit out of one little spot. Yep. And we know where that spot is. No one else does. It could be an eddy here or a hole there. But if it's you show like, a video. Like literally like 10, 20 feet away from where they're fishing. Like if you turn around and cast that way, you're going to catch the fish. Yeah. And if you, I mean, if, if, if you're on that video and you're and you, because YouTube videos are typically super descriptive because they have to be. That's why yeah. people are watching your stuff. They're not just watching it because they think you're attractive. They're watching it because you have information that they want. Yeah. Um, so if you're fishing and everyone knows this stretch and be like, oh, I fish there all the time and I've never caught a fish there. And he's like, yeah, there's this 12 foot hole right there. That's guaranteed to have stack fish. And he pulls out eight fish on a, like a tough day that everyone else, you know, was fishing that day. You got, it was a tough day. Now, you know, oh, there's an eight foot or a 12 foot hole there. And now if that was one of my spots, now that's going to be super overpressured because everyone's going to fish that 12 foot hole every time they go by yeah. every single time. Um, so, I mean, it's kind of part of the beast. I mean, you fish big lakes, everyone knows where everything is. It's very yeah. rare. There's any hidden spots anymore. And you kind of just have to adapt and you have to follow the fish or change up what you're doing. Side scan and live scope, ruin <sighs> lake fishing. <sighs> we'll but get it. Ruin it but yeah, that's, you know. that's one of the questions. Yeah. So, Let's go to the next one. That we we hit that one good. So, yeah. Next one. 
Oh man, will one of you Shimano boys pick up a Daiwa sometime? That's from FCK. That's Dadlicious on Instagram. I love Nick, man. Nick is the man. He's cool, dude. Nick is awesome. We've had him on uh, a two-parter on the show about swim baits because he is one of the people that I know for a fact can throw a swim bait probably on any stretch of any river and catch fish on them. Yeah. Um, big swim baits. I'm not talking to Joshies like we throw. Yeah. Um, I'm talking about big swim baits. Um, Bag giraffes and stuff. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about like the uh, bastard from uh, River uh, River City swim baits. Uh, What'd you call me? <laughs> B-A-S-S, <laughs> my friend. B-A-S-S. Oh, uh, that's punny. You know, si- shut up. Citizens and stuff like that. And he catches fish on them. So to answer your question. I think I, he's probably more because he kind of knows you're open to pretty much use. You love Shimano stuff, but you'll try other mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, you were literally texting me the other day about ordering a Daiwa Air. Yeah, um, I think it looks sweet. <laughs> I, it does look sweet. And I am I am a Shimano girl when it comes to reels. I love all their stuff, but I'm not against using Daiwa stuff. I will tell you I'm against using American Daiwa stuff. I think American Daiwa stuff sucks. I don't care if you use it. I hope you really love it and it works for you. I think it's trash. That's just how it is. I'm allowed to have that opinion because F you, I was, I'm an American. So sucks to suck. (laughs) Um, I just don't like Daiwa American stuff. I do really enjoy Japanese Daiwa stuff. The Steez line is fantastic. The JDM Steez line from Daiwa, retardedly expensive, but freaking amazing. Awesome reels. Fantastic. I want to try one. And I'll tell you, two of them are probably faster and faster and smoother and smoother casting than most of my Shimano reels. Huh. Um, but they're like nine hundred dollars pop. Oh so yeah, they're paying. Yeah, That's they're expensive. Ridiculous. Like they're. I've never owned one. Uh, I've used buddies who owned them, and I liked them. I think they're awesome. But their whole lineup compared to shimano i think shimano has a better has better quality across the board i think daiwa you really get their good stuff once you get higher up that just that makes sense. sense so so matt gave me a daiwa tattoo a long time ago i used it for a while i have no idea where that freaking reel went dude i still can't <laughs> find it i don't know what happened to it um it's weird but i didn't like that reel at all that thing was trash I, I and I'm telling you, like a lot of people love the Tatula spinning reels for the same price. As, I didn't like because they're I think they're one ninety nine or two nineteen. You know what else I can get for one ninety nine or two nineteen? A Shimano or a Van or a, a yeah. Stratic or a Vanford, and both like, of those reels, in my opinion, are leaps and bounds ahead of the Tatula spinning reel. Yeah, that reel reminded me of the Revo X mm-hmm. the Tatula did, like real did, similar it, to it. It's just clunky. It's not, it doesn't, it, for a spinning reel, it should be way smoother than it is. It feels like there's too much stuff going on with it. It, it yeah. gets grindy. I just wasn't, I'm not a fan of it. And it's, but it's Daiwa America. I think their stuff sucks. <laughs> like, like, like you said, though, I want to try the Steez and I want to try that Air because that's a, I was talking to Josh Chitwood about it. He said that's basically their version of the BFS. So it is. Yeah. And I, well, I told you the same thing. Uh, I was between the Alder Baron and the Air when I was looking at them and the air gets ridiculously awesome reviews, just like the auto Baron BFS did. So, I mean, you wouldn't be unhappy if you tried it. Yeah. Be cool. So this is another loaded question. I'll preference this that I love. I love talking about. Should live scope be allowed in kayak tournaments from Chris Yonk? 
I don't know, dude. I, I don't use, well, I don't care if people use it or not. I don't use live scope. I really don't have a desire to get one. I rather, I rather beat the guys who have live scope. I'm not going to lie. Like it'd be awesome to be like, I did it without electronics. So suck it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's always my argument with it. So I've had live scope, had it on my boat, used it for probably five months and sold it. And I sold it mostly sold it for two reasons. One, I needed money for another boat. The second reason I sold it was because I was starting to find myself too sucked in to live scope to where I could find all the fish in the world. But if those fish weren't biting, I would sit and make that fish either bite or swim away. And I'd be on a fish for 20 minutes. Um, is it, 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 I just got sucked into it. Um, now I'm looking to get it again. Cause I feel like this time I know what's happening. I, I can use it a little differently. Um, mostly I was thinking about, cause I'm, I'm just like you, I'm diving back into tournaments again next year. So I was going to use it for pre-fishing to find the fish and then turn it day, have it on the boat, but not have it turned on until yeah. I feel like I need it. Um, uh, but do I think it should be allowed in tournaments? Of course I do. Yeah. I it's, do just, too. it's, it's, it's how it goes. It's, it's, we're moving on in technology. Uh, cause if you said, well, you can't, you, you shouldn't be allowed to have live scope then you shouldn't be allowed to have electronics period. Yeah. It's either all or none. It's no, well, it's not going to like, it'll help you find the fish. It's not going to help you catch them. You still got to know what to throw, how to work that bait. Drew Gregory said it best on the last show he did with Jimmy when he was talking about the pickwick stuff. Um, everyone has different skill sets. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's won a most of his tournaments on the Bassmaster and the Hobie this year in Creek Arms. He hasn't fished Main Lake, but the tournaments that he didn't win, the winner came from Main Lake. Everyone has different skills. They all had electronics. He doesn't use electronics. Yeah. At all. And he beat them. So saying that, oh, live live scope shouldn't be allowed because they have an unfair advantage. I don't believe that's the case. I just think you need to find the fish better. I think that's an excuse. I agree. I'm just gonna say I, it. <laughs> it's it's and it'll go with the same. Let's see. Can I put two up at a time? No, I can't. But it goes with this one too. This is also from Chris Yonk, and I don't think he's like on the side of shouldn't be allowed to have it. I don't know, but I don't think he is. I think he's just asking these questions because they're good questions. But same thing. Are motors ruining kayak fishing tournaments? I don't think so. I really don't. I don't think so. But like local tournaments, especially in Ohio, man, our lakes are small anyway. Like most of these local guys, they're not, they can't afford these motors and stuff. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I'm, I'm back and forth on it. I've used the motor on the lakes. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, but if if that same concept and thought process, like these guys can't afford it. Okay. If you can't use motors, you shouldn't be allowed to use live scope because I can't afford live scope without having to save up for it and not getting stuff. I can't afford, I can't just go out and buy live scope. You know what I mean? I think so I motors think, are more useful than live scope though, in my opinion. Yeah, I can agree um, because it can get you to spots a little bit better, but I also think it, it's a good thing for the the tournament community because you can have tournaments on larger lakes because people have motors or pedal drives. Um, That's the but thing can, though, like lakes in Ohio, they're not big at all. Okay, so let's say there's a tournament on Caesars Creek. Do you want to paddle Lake? I know. Yeah, we don't do we don't do Caesar Creek tournaments. 
Cincinnati's doing one. They changed it. Oh, that's stupid. Oh, that yeah. that moves. They changed my whole it to point. Acton Lake. But Acton's not huge, but it's also not small. Would you rather it's paddle tiny, that dude. all day? Would you paddle that all day? Yeah, I've done it would, plenty of times. Would you get to let's say you have a spot on the other side of the lake? Would you be able to get there, fish, fish your other spots, and then get back to the ramp before it lines out? Oh yeah, comfortably, comfortably. Not well, like, my shoulders would be hurting, but I. Oh yeah, like so that. That lake's smaller. It's probably as big as Kaiser, maybe a little bit smaller. Uh, yeah, it's I about suppose. the same size. I tell you what, man. This is how I look at it. On a lake like Kaiser, if everyone's paddling, no pedals. Because if we're, because everyone can't afford pedal drives either. So we'll just get to, to where let's just do the roundabout boat. Everybody has a crescent shoaly because they paddle great. Everyone has crescent shoalies. There's going to be guys who can't paddle like you can all the way across the other side of the lake and maintain spot and paddle back into the wind and all that fun stuff. So they're going to fish at Kaiser. They're going to fish the dam. That's what they're going to fish that area right in there. Mm. Well, if there's 40 people in that tournament, nine times out of 10, 30 of those people all have that same mindset. So you're going to have 30 boats all right here. And then there's going to be your 10 Ironmans who are over here fishing all the other stuff and then getting back Yeah. with motors. Out of those 30 people, if 20 people can afford a motor, now there's only 10 anglers right here. And then they're spread out throughout the whole lake. Whether it's big or small, people are spread out. There's still going to be some people on top of each other because it's a small lake, but you can spread people out easier and people are more willing to go after fish out of their comfort zone maybe to get to spots. Um, I don't think it's ruining fishing tournaments at all. No. I think, I mean, because you could, if you don't want a motor, go to the Hobie. Go fish Hobies. You can't have a motor in a Hobie. Yeah, I'm just, I was just comparing it to local. I don't know. I mean, I can see, I can see where you're coming from local wise, but then at the same time, I mean, there's guys who we know fish these local tournaments who have Hobies that have probably nine grand worth of electronics on them. So, yeah, I mean, it's just how it is. Um, and there'd be situations like if there's a tournament and you're fishing the GMR, you're not using a motor nine times out of 10 anyway. I mean, you might, Yeah, it'd be a torpedo. I, I probably wouldn't unless I was by yeah. myself. Yeah. That'd be about the only reason you would, but Okay, we've hit that. We can we could probably go another hour on just that two things for really wanted to. How widespread How, do you think cheating is in the kayak tourneys, Chris Elk? Uh, I don't I don't think it's as, it's as widespread as everyone thinks it is, especially with all the controversy going on right now. I think everyone thinks everyone's cheating all the time. Yeah, I don't think that's the case. Uh. Everyone pretty much requires cat. Now, if we were still using hog troughs, yeah, people are cheating. Just how it is. You could cut a hog trough and all day long. <laughs> bend them. Um, you, know, you can bend them, make them longer. Like you could do a bunch yeah. of stuff. Uh, but with everything going to catch boards and stuff like that, I guess fish baskets, that's a thing. People are basking fish from pre fishing yeah. and going to pick them up. That's definitely, I can see that happening. Um, I give people I, the benefit of the doubt with stuff like that, though. Like, I don't think people are doing that. I, I'm the same way. I don't think people are doing that mostly because it would be kind of common or it would be kind of noticeable by now. Like, if if someone was doing that, if they did it for one tournament and they got, they got away with it, they do it every tournament, and you'd see the same person winning every single tournament. Just how it yeah. is. Um, I do think in your smaller local tournaments. I do think there's cheating involved. And when I say cheating involved is I personally believe that 
and this is all over the country because I had a buddy who lives uh, out in Colorado. They have like a little bass trail that in kayaks that have they have like 12 members and they fish all 12 of them fish the same thing every year. So it's like the same yeah. people who usually win. But they found last year there was a guy they have a new tournament director this year because the guy who did run it was giving spots away to one of his buddies. So during the kayak tournament, he would text his buddy GPS locations of where this dude's one guy's catching a limit of fish and they're all within this one area. And he would text it to him and then he would go over there and start catching fish too. I think that, I think that when he told me that it kind of put a little light in my head, I think that probably happens more often than anything else. Yeah. I think it's tournament directors being friends with people who are in it. I'm not saying everyone does this. I'm not even saying, I think anyone around here does this. I'm just saying, I think that happens probably more often than fish baskets or, you know, people trying to fudge the boards now i think people i i can see that happening tournament directors giving information to certain Mm -hmm. anglers that are in the tournament yeah and i know there was one recently i within the last two years got caught with buckeye somebody he cheated doing something he might have cut the fish's tail or something to make it look longer i can't remember but they busted him and he got into trouble um yeah cutting the fish's tail they they pretty much like got rid of any i don't know what i'm trying to say like any way of doing that you know what i mean any easy like, way to cheat like you can't have your fish over that part or you can't have your hand over that part of the fish anymore so they're, they're slowly but surely making rules to help the sport i think yeah no i agree um next one well this is a fun one <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Tom Brady thinks he should have stayed retired, Chris Yock? Yes, I do. I think he's having a, a rough time in life right now. Uh, oh, man. I was going to say, so I I don't think I don't think so. Like, I know he's going through a rough time right now, but in my opinion, I think what he's going through now has been going on before he retired. He retired, went home, and was like, I don't want to deal with these problems anymore. I'm going to go back to play football. You know what I mean? I, I, for some reason, that's how I think it all went down. Yeah, from what I've heard, it when he came out of retirement, uh, that's what I guess broke the camel's back because he was supposed to retire to spend time with the family, and he didn't. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's the misogynist in me, <laughs> but if if I was making millions upon millions of dollars every year. And Stacy was upset that I wasn't home when I'm home with her like six months a year. And then for four months, I just don't see her on Sundays all day or maybe Saturday and Sundays. I'd be a little butthurt. I can, I can, I could, I'm probably in team Brady right now. And this is the first time (laughs) I've ever said that in my whole life because I hate the dude from college all the way through the NFL. But, uh, he's a great quarterback though, man. Uh, he's the best of all time. Yeah, easy. He's the easily the best of all time, and I still hate him. He's still he he's still putting up numbers that are like he's like top five in passing yards this year. Yeah, and he's like forty six years old. It's ridiculous, ridiculous, man. Yeah, he's he's a cyborg. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Chris, that's what I think. Yep. Rods for kayaks. Do we think differently differently about action versus power when we fish from a kayak? Tennessee kayak on Instagram interesting question. was this was this the guy we met at that uh taco bell i don't know i don't think so 
I think Tennessee Kayak, I think this is the, I don't know, tournament director or something from down there. Oh, okay. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah. I I don't know, man. I've never really thought about it. I don't. I mean, I, I throw the same rods I would throw if I was on a bass boat in my boat. My I do too. I will say, though, like switching over to extra fast, like I said earlier, I don't know if that helps in a kayak or not. I'm not going to say one way or the other, but it seems like I don't lose as many fish with the extra fast, like finesse baits, I should say. Yeah, I mean, it's possible because you're getting to that fish a little bit quicker. Um, I think you could say the same thing in a boat, though, to be honest. Yeah. If you're throwing finesse boats from a boat, that's maybe. A t- that's I don't a tough know. question, man. It I've is, never really thought almost, about it. And neither have I. I just, I, if I use a 7.3 casting rod for Texas rigs in a boat, I'm using the same rod in the kayak, just how it goes. Um, there's a couple companies that make yak kayak uh, rods, specific rods like Mojo or mm-hmm. St. Croix makes some Mojo yak rods. Mm-hmm. I've used them. I don't like them. The butts are too short. Um, See, I like the short butts for certain techniques. Like if I'm using a spook or uh, shower blows or jerk bait or something like that. I still don't. I'd rather have a, just a regular size rear end on the rod. I just, it just, I don't know. It's more natural for me. It's probably because I fished from boats for so long before coming you to kayaks. Natural rear end. That's weird. <laughs> this got weird. That's weird. Next question. <laughs> yep. Uh, what's your favorite? Fun. Yeah. What's your favorite animal to come across when you're fishing? Fish don't count. Cam steel. Oh man! Shout out to Cam. Uh, Fit Faith and Fishing Podcast. For sure. Great. Love being on there, big boy. I was a big yeah. fan of it. Uh, I don't know. Um, I tell you one, one of the coolest experiences and it's not when I like got chased by a gator that sucked. I'd never say that's cool ever <laughs> in my life. Um, the last time I was on a certain stretch of the river starts with a G. Um, I was fishing some fallen stuff. I pulled two little small mouth on. I was having a rough day. I caught a stupid carp on a jerk bait and it actually ate it and it, got one whole treble in its little sucker mouth oh, or it was a hog sucker. It wasn't a carp and it oh, started yeah. going, like it started freaking out. And I like, I was like, I was yelling in the middle of the river, like screaming at it to stop. Cause it like had got the rear end of the vision one ten stuck in my pants oh, and I was man. freaking, it just wouldn't stop. Like I, I flicked it in the face and it finally just stopped moving. And I was able to <laughs> rip the hook out. Like it was bad. Um, but I was fishing. So I'm sitting there picture this, if you will. So scene behind me, fun fishing, throwing a Ned rig, bouncing it. And I just hit my pedals to re or re uh, like centralize myself. And I saw what looked like a giant dog under the water swim away. And I looked at a little bit more and it spooked me. Like I was like, Oh, and it was a, the biggest beaver I've ever seen in my life. That's crazy. Like huge. And it was smacking the ground with its tail. Like it was, Oh dude, it was massive. Uh, and I was freaked out ever since then because beavers are like little demons. And I like yeah. reeled up and I backed out and I start flying down the water. I was like, dude, I hope I don't hit this thing with my prop or anything. I just got away from the whole area. Uh, so that was really cool. Is that my favorite? I don't know. Maybe I, I mean, we see eagles a ton. Like it's all oh, dude, I've we see them the, all the time. I've lost the like, oh, it's an eagle. Now it's like stupid eagle. Just you screams. know, I was going to say eagle, but that's kind of cliche. 
they're cool to see. I've seen three on one branch before, which was really cool. But I'm gonna say chipmunk, dude, because every time we're fishing like the freaking <laughs> the riprap banks, and they're just scurrying across the rocks, I don't know, it just makes me smile and laugh. I'm like, dude, that that was funny. <laughs> I don't know why. Oh man, uh, yeah. I mean, we don't have a ton of like. I mean, there's a lot of wildlife here. There's not a whole ton of. Stuff. I did see a bobcat once. That's my answer, bobcat. That'd be cool. I saw I saw a bobcat on a southern stretch, uh, and it was just drinking water, and it was like what you'd see on National Geographic, like it's paws down, it's looking up, drinking water, and I was like, that's freaking awesome. Huh. So that cool. that's 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 my answer is a bobcat, um, but that's like the coolest animal I'm gonna see. Like I've seen so many deer across the river, I don't care about seeing deer yeah. anymore. Eagles Unless, cool. Don't I don't care about seeing them anymore. Uh, like, yeah, I'm with you. But yeah, good question, Cam. He has another good question too. Here, he has a couple actually. He does. What guest has surprised you the most by their charisma, knowledge, or something else, Cam Steele? I should have thought about this before we started because this put me on the spot a little bit. When when you when you put this in the notes. Uh, I said to myself, I got to think about that and I forgot. So I got to think. Um, I mean, we've done so many shows, man. It's just, and you've done way more than even I have. I've only done probably 30 in the last year. I got to go with Glenn Young from Z man. That guy, he cracks me up every time. And like, like it's effortless. I don't even have to talk in the episode. Yeah, that was a really good episode. Cause I, I didn't feel, cause I was, I think I, I hadn't been with the show for very, Oh no, I had. Yeah, I had. This was after ICAST when he came back on. Yeah. I, I, I've I got an answer for you. Old Hans from Bonafide. Oh, that was a good one, too. Yeah. Dude, that show. She did surprise me. The, the, the charisma, knowledge, and the something else is this dude 3D printed pieces yeah. of the new RVR uh, from Bonafide that's coming out in January. That show was so intricate in the amount of stuff that he was explaining and showing and giving, like, visual demonstrations on i mean that i didn't i came into that show thinking it was like oh yeah we're gonna talk about the rvr and they didn't show it at icast so it's probably gonna be some drawings or something and we're yeah. not gonna really see anything and this dude comes out be like oh yeah i 3d printed the whole boat <laughs> i was like what did you do and then he has like blown up versions of the bow and the stern yeah dude that the 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 bonafide rvr show with hans that's the that show. was a good hans. one yeah 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 that's, that's, that's a great great answer i didn't even think about that I love that show. I still people watch that show all the time. <laughs> Another one from Mr. Steele. When paddling, how do you finesse fish and current? I'm guessing in current. In current, yeah. Yeah. And how do you stay in one place long enough to let the bait do its thing? This is a great question. Um, it is. So I talked to I, some. You're good. Go. I have a lot of people ask me this because a lot of people that don't fish rivers, they always ask this question. I'm like, it's really not as hard as you think. Our river, like our the current in our river is not that fast anyway. Like if there's no, no, if there's no wind pushing you downstream, you're going maybe half a mile an hour. So that maybe. gives you enough, re- that gives you enough time to let your bait f- float down to the bottom. Excuse me. And to work it back to you and stuff like that. So it's not an issue, but if you're in quicker water, we, I will anchor down. There's also that rule where, let's say you're in four feet of water 
they want you to let out three times the amount of line. So four times three is 12. Let out 12 feet of line. You won't go anywhere. So if I'm fishing faster water, that's how I do it. Yeah, so uh, I don't anchor out at all. Um, it depends if I'm in. Fa- you got pedals. I have, I've got pedals. So for me, as long as my drive can stay in, I can fish any current as fast as it can be. As long as my little legs can keep up, I can fish it. Um, if the current gets too low, I will do one of two things. If I really want to finesse bait something and I'm like, there's an eddy off the side of current, I'll either get right out of the current on the edge of the eddy and fish yep. that all the way back. Or I'll find a low spot in that current and try to like wedge my boat up into it. Yeah. And fish it to where I'm staying. Now, the bad thing with that, don't do that because that's stupid. Um, because you're going to wedge yourself into a spot and then the current's going to push you over and then you're going to die. So, like, don't be <laughs> dumb. Uh, but that's what I do. I've never claimed to be smart, so I can do whatever I want. Uh, so, I mean, that's how I do it. I don't like having an anchor on the boat. Uh, for I don't either. Reasons. It's a pain in the butt, dude. It's a pain in the butt. Like, I've had anchors get stuck, which is sketchier and all get out. Like, that, I was, I was more afraid of that than like wedging myself on a rock. Um, you got to be smart about it. If you anchor in a river. Yep. I've had anchors get stuck. I've had line get tangled around other stuff. Um, and it's just, it's an extra piece of something I don't want to worry about. Uh, now like a power pole, I'm about power poles. I'm probably going to get a power pole like before January. I'll probably be interested to see what it's like for you. I never used how, like I know we're so rocky. That's the only thing that's keeping me from getting one because I don't know how well it'll anchor me in the river with it just being rocks. Like, is it yeah. going to wedge itself into rocks and then I'm not going to move or is it just going to keep tanking off rocks forever? And then it's not going to matter anyway. And then I spent $600 for no reason. So I don't know. Good question. To ask somebody who has one. Oh, I, I will say though, before we go off this question, if there's spots that I want to hit and riffles or something like that, and it's weightable, I'll get out. I'll tie the kayak to my waist and I'll pull it behind me and weigh yep. that whole pitch from different angles. Yep. Done that before too. Um, with the show it's even easier though. Cause you got that cam strap in the front. Yeah. It's nice. <laughs> uh, this is from our best friend, Jimmy, the dickhole. Why do you suck at fishing? I don't know, Jimmy. Why do you suck at fishing? Jimmy Skinner. Do you want to play the 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 big fish game this year so far? Huh? Because you'll lose. <laughs> J- Jimmy, Jimmy, I can't catch a 20-inch smallmouth in Alabama for nothing. I give a It's all right, Jimmy. Me. I've I've only caught three or four this year. Only. Yeah, I still haven't caught one, Jimmy, but I've caught a bunch of 19s, so I'll take it. I, I've caught, I think I've caught six 19s so far this year. Oh, it's so frustrating. I, I'm annoyed. Like, I'm catching 19s. I'm like, this is Dude, stupid. You got years of it still. Trust me. I know. Unless, it's annoying. unless you get lucky, like, eventually, and you're just like, like me, like last year, I finally caught one. I was like, after eight <laughs> years, man, geez. I'm just going to take it next time I get like a 19 and a quarter or a half. I'm just going to take it home and feed it. Let it get to 20, hook it in the mouth and let it go in the river and then reel it back in. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, in your opinion, who is the best bass fisherman in the world right now? I don't Campbell like, are Kinch. we talking? Are we? Yeah. Campbell Kench. My bad. Are we talking like any bass fisherman or kayak bass fisherman? 
I don't know. I, I was kind of thinking it was going towards like elites and stuff like that. But if I it's mean, if it's anybody in the world, I'm gonna say me, obviously. Oh, <laughs> um <laughs> I don't even know. One. I'm just gonna say Jacob Wheeler. I don't know. I don't think so. Uh he's I, gonna show everybody what's up next year with the new rules. Or he's not at all. I know. He's um, probably not. I'm, I'm just saying, like, this is it's <sighs> I think uh, I don't know. Tough. I, like I don't Hank know. Cherry. Yeah, Hank Cherry. You know, uh, I, you know who I root for, and I think's like underrated is Matt Robertson. He's always at the top, dude. Matt Robinson's always up there with his Bassmaster tattoo. Um, he's always up there. I always root for. Like, I'm a big fan of Brian Latimer. I I think he's yeah. underrated. I don't think he's the best in the world, but I think he's good. Yeah. I think he doesn't get the credit he deserves. Um, <laughs> I like Scott Martin. I think he could fish with the best of them most days. Uh, mostly, I've met him. He's a really nice guy. So I'm going to say Scott Martin, I guess. That's cool. I don't follow, like, I don't, bass fishing is kind of, it's not like golf or um, basketball or football. Like anyone, any tournament can go out and have a great tournament. Yeah. Like, even in golf, like when Tiger was in his prime, it wasn't like, oh, here comes Joe Blow from Idaho. He could beat Tiger today. Everyone was like, yeah, Tiger's going to win by like 30 strokes. That's how it's going to yeah. yeah. And he did. So, um, but with bass fishing, I mean, anyone can go out there. I think your most cons- consistent uh, fisherman as of right now, Jacob Wheeler's one of them. Um, uh, you got to put Hate Cherry up there for winning back. Bass yeah. Masters. Yeah, Hank Cherry. Um, who else? Uh, definitely the uh, uh, I can't I can't pronounce his name. Uh, Aki A O K Y uh, Daisuke Aki. He's pretty consistent. He's a Japanese angler. He's pretty monstrous. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you go look at the Bassmaster like roster of anglers. Any one of those fishermen can win yeah. any day of the week. That's yeah. just how it is. I don't think you can really say this is the best fisherman of the year, or you can say this is the best fisherman of the year. I don't think you can say he's the best bass fisherman. Period. Yeah. Period. Because yeah, I mean he can go out there and Jacob Wheeler can go out and have a bad day, and Seth Finder can just come up and be like, "Yeah, dude, I caught forty pounds of fish today. Yeah, I'll suck it." <laughs> uh, I mean, because <laughs> Seth would probably do that. But that's my two cents. That's a that's a hard question too, especially it is since a hard I've question. been I've been following kayak stuff. If we were talking about kayak stuff, I don't care who says anything about it. I think Drew Gregory's the best kayak bass fisherman right now. Uh, yeah, him, him, and uh, Russ Snyder, man. I think those are the top Both of them. two. Those two and uh, 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 Sadiki. All day. Yeah, he he's good too. Yeah. So. I don't know. Next. This this next question is weird. Like, I don't know how to take it. So I read it to my wife, and she she interpreted it differently than we did. So oh, I don't did know how she? to take it. Yeah. This uh, says, have you ever felt like you were good at fishing or so good at fishing that people get jealous when you catch a fish and even worship your fish pictures like a religion? I do. Comes from Honors Angler. She interpreted she interpreted interpreted that he was jealous of my fish pictures. 
But I'm like, no, he posted it on Pound on Finn's Instagram. So I'm taking it as, I don't know. Is he a big ego uh, type of guy? Uh, maybe. I mean, I. It's a I weird question, no, dude. I don't know I don't, what to say to this. <laughs> if I'm basing it just off the question, I'm going to say, yeah, you have a big ego. Uh, you catch a lot of fish. But at the same time, how I usually say, if people consistently catch giant fish, if you look at their pictures, they're consistently catching them out of like ponds. Because yeah. ponds are where the massive ponds are where the big ones are. If you want to break a PB, go to a pond. Yeah. I promise you'll do it because there's like 12 fish in there and 4,000 bluegill. And those 12 fish are all six pounds. Like <laughs> it's, it's just how it is. Like you'll catch big fish. Um, I know a guy who fishes exclusive private ponds out of a quarry by my house. And he thinks he's the best fisherman ever. But I had a kid who I literally got into fishing, had been fishing for a week, went in there and caught four five pound fish in two days. No one fishes it. They're not pressured. And he was throwing a bubble gum Senko. Like no one's fishing it. They're not pressured. They're going to eat everything. Um, I do think I will pull something out of this question that he probably didn't mean us to, but I think it's a good talking point. I think there are people out there who you can go fish with them and they never act like it. But I think there are people out there who get upset and butthurt when you catch fish and they don't. Uh Um, Or if you catch fish, they catch fish, but your fish are better. They dwell on that. Like it's, I don't know. It's like, I'll never be as good as him because the fish he catches. And it's kind of like a negative thing. I've known people who are like that. Um, that'll go out. Like when I was down South in the Marine Corps, I take guys with me and I would catch three pound, large mouth or four pound. And they catch dinks. And they'd be like, man, stupid. You always, you always catch bigger fish than me. I was like, I, <laughs> I don't know, dude, we're throwing the same thing. I just luck out. Yeah. Like, I don't know what to tell you. It is what it is. Um, but yeah, that's a weird question. Uh, well, it's different for us because it seems like me, you, and Justin, we all take turns. Like somebody will get hot. Like Justin was hot all year, but like, oh, yeah. like summertime, I sucked this summertime. Yeah. Like I was, I was surprised. I was really awful. surprised. And then here's Justin. He's catching one every trip. And then here's Matt. He's catching one every trip. And I'm like, oh my gosh, dude, I cannot catch a fish. What's going on? <laughs> Well, I'll preference that. None of us skunked in the summer. Yeah. When Brad says I can't catch a fish, me and Justin were catching like 16, 17, 18, and 19. Brad, Brad was catching. I mean, he caught more fish than us all day long, but he was catching like 15, 12, 10, 12s, and 13 inch fish. And we were catching 13s, 14s, 15s, and then a 19 or something. But then yeah. we get into the fall. I, I there's that day we went out and caught like 100 fish between us. I caught like 30 fish, and my biggest was like 16 and a half or 17. And Brad caught an 18, a 19, uh, I think a 17, and then a bunch well, of dinks. The fall, man, the fall is my oh, favorite time. Yeah, and I haven't got a chance to get out a whole lot. Well, I went out for largemouth and I caught some big girls last week, but yeah, this question kind of weird. I appreciate it anyway, but I don't understand it. So, uh, speaking of Justin. From J Marsh Fishing. The what is your like all-time... four from him? Yeah, the rest of them are from him. Everything else is from Justin. So we're, we're rounding out the show with uh, our other uh, co-host, bro- bromance <laughs> member, Justin Marshall. Uh, what is your all-time least favorite fishing product? Calco's Donkey Leash. Don't buy one. They are absolute trash. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell you, dude, I, I wrenched that freaking thing down on a freaking largemouth once. It was at the paddle and fin tournament when they came to Cowan Lake. I dropped it in the water, was getting my board ready and stuff. The thing head shook and it came apart. I would have won the tournament if it wasn't for that. So those things are trash. 
and I don't even care. I threw it away after that too. But <laughs> you did. Oh man. Uh, so I'll I'll, I'll two part it. Lately, this is my least favorite fishing product, the Berkeley Gilly. It's trash. I hate it. I regret buying so many packs of them before I tried them. Uh, but you just couldn't get them anywhere. Uh, but of all time, uh, I don't know. Probably banjo minnow. The banjo minnow catches fish, man. <laughs> I'll be honest. Um, Mighty bite. Uh... The light up lure. I've never used it, so I can't say it sucks. Like I'm trying to think of things I've that like there hasn't been a whole lot of products I've bought and been like, man, this just sucks. Yeah. Um least favorite. F- I don't know, to be honest with you. Like there hasn't been a whole lot of stuff that I've got that I can remember getting that I'm like, man, this I can tell you one thing. Uh, the lose speed stick rods that will always, I haven't had one of those in six years. And I will tell you to the day I die, that is the worst rod in any lose I've ever used their rods. Reels aren't terrible rods. I've broken every single rod that I bought from lose, whether it was a lose, uh, pro like the white pro TI rod or whatever, the white one, I broke like four of those. And they're like, oh, we're going to upgrade you to the speed stick. It was like a $230 rod. Guess what I did the second trip I was out? I snapped it right in half on a hook set. Those rods are trash. And I'll never use loose rods ever again. Just how it is. Sorry. Somebody listening right now is punching air. I don't care. (laughs) Bite me. Uh, I just hate, I hate lose rods and I hate Abu Garcia reels. I've got a Revo rocket that I'm putting on Instagram uh, in a couple days. If you want to buy it, hit me up. You pay shipping, it's all yours, and I'm going to sell it to you to a great price. There you go. Um, yep. Next question. Hey, it's Justin Marshall again. What is one product you're looking forward to using and reviewing in 2023? I already know mine, so you can answer. You can go, dude. I don't know. Oh, cool. The bona fide RVR. I'm, I'm getting I'm getting a bona fide RVR because uh, it's going to be a riverboat from Bonafide, and I really like the P127, but I'm going to take the RVR out because it's going to be a lot lighter and a lot easier to move. I'm not going to have to trailer it. I can just throw it in the truck you're, bed and do trips. You're, you're so used to pedals that you're going to hate paddling, dude. Oh, dude, I'm going to, I'm not going to paddle. I'm putting a Torquedo on it. Oh, there you go. That'd be sweet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's going to be a Torquedo uh, or a Newport. On, no, Newport. So I have a 24 volt battery sitting here. You gave me an idea because I'm supposed to be getting a P127. So I guess I'm looking forward to that for 2023. I've never used one yet. And you'll get the new one because they're they did a refresh on it. So, ooh, didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, I don't know what's refreshed. I looked at the video; it looks like the same. I think they yeah. added uh, some reinforcements here and there, and I think they changed the rudder system. Like they made it a little bit stronger because even mine's That's getting cool. loosed from use, but it still works. So I don't really care. That's cool. Um, but yeah, so we're looking forward to boats. There's uh, most of the lures are already out. Like there's nothing new really coming out in the next year. Sunline's redoing the sniper in 2023, so I'm excited to see. Make sure that doesn't like suck. Ooh, so that's gonna be cool. Interesting. Yep. We need to uh, show. I I've tried. Next, what was your favorite fish catch this year? Quick rundown on what lure you used and any other details that made it memorable. Justin Marshall. Hmm. What about you? I think I know what yours already is. 19 and three quarter. The day that we were uh, waiting waiting we weren't even in the boats but we were waiting i hadn't caught like brad had caught a couple small fish 
uh, Justin had caught some fish and I had caught one little tiny fish, but I hadn't caught anything big. And I was like, man, this sucks. And I was throwing a big Joshy on underneath a bridge and the current was moving pretty good underneath there had a quarter ounce head that was getting swept away. So I was like, screw this. He brought it back, tied on a half ounce head, sled head from jig masters, put the Joshy back on it and clown never gets bit. Clown color, off. man. Crazy. Yep, threw it in there, and it finally got below that current. And the second it got below that current, a 19 and three quarter giant, like football smallmouth in the middle of July. Yeah, that was out. a good fish, man. Uh, and then from then on, that it was memorable for two reasons. A, it was with Brad and Justin. So I love catching big fish when I'm with them because they get as hyped about it than I do. So it's just cool. Um, and another reason it was memorable because that like was a cascading effect because me and Brad hit like three other spots and I caught for a limit. I probably had 90 inches that day. That was a good day. <clears throat> yeah, it was crazy. And then Brad that day, he caught more catfish than I've ever seen anybody catch. It was crazy. <laughs> Five in a row out of that spot, <laughs> I know. dude. So crazy. I know. Oh, man. But yeah, that's that's definitely mine for the year so far. Um, Mine isn't even the biggest fish of the year. So... There was one day I went out by myself. It was after I was struggling all of June. And it was the first big fish I caught since the beginning of June. Um, I went out. It was thunderstorming. It was lightning. I was soaking wet. The river was flooded and it was muddy. And you could hardly see your bait six inches in the water. I pitched the Jig Master's custom black spinner bait right up against these weeds. I pulled it through. I got snagged on the weeds. I ripped it out. The thing, I watched the thing, the wake come out of the grass and smack it. <laughs> and I fought that fish like six feet away from me. I, he's standing right there. Like I'm literally right over top of this fish. I was like, dude, that was nuts. But that was probably oh, the coolest awesome. fish. Yeah. That was probably the coolest fish this year. That's awesome. I it, will say, I mean, I it wish... was an 18, so it was a good fish. Oh, yeah. It's a really good like fish. That. I mean, that's, I mean, that's a great fish. I will say, I wish it said what was, your favorite fish memory because I, I was lucky enough to get my wife out on the boat on a kayak and she caught a fish Ohio crappie and it's the first fish she's caught in like 11 years. And that's on my Instagram. Go back and look that it, it's crappie is like 14 or 15, 14 and a half, three quarter inch long, like just massive crappie. Yeah. Um, so that was really cool. So, yeah. Good question. Next one. Justin Marshall fishing. <laughs> What lure will you learn to throw better in 2023? I was actually talking about this the other day. I'm going to throw drop shots. Drop shots. Yeah, that'd be. I need to get better with those two. I know somebody has thrown them in the river too, but um, the bait that I want to get better with that kicked my ass this year was the fluke. Man, oh. it kicked my ass. Like, I you fished were, with my buddy Will. Were, yeah, you were the fluke master two years ago. Or not last, uh, not this year, but last year. Yeah, you were a little, I mean, you were little bit all over. A little bit. I didn't get real consistent with him, but I caught some good fish on it. But I fished with Will, man. He wore the fish out on the fluke. I could not buy a bite. Like this, this year was just bad for me. I talked to a couple other guys. They're like, "Oh, clear water technique, clear water technique. Throw white. That's it." So I, I want to build on that next year. I want to get better with it. Yeah, that's something I could definitely look at doing too. The bad thing with flukes, man. I don't know if they're biting a fluke that probably bite a Joshy. Yeah. I can see so, that. yeah, I don't know. Um, is there any change or addition that local kayak fishing trails could do to reignite your love for tournament kayak tournament fishing? Justin Marshall. 
That's a good question too. I don't. I don't think there's anything they could do. Like the our tra- local trails do a good job, so they do. Like I, I will say, like the thing I don't like, especially about Cincinnati, which is like not that's not in their control. They fish in Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. That gets expensive, man. Like you have to yeah. buy the fishing license and. You got to travel. Some of these lakes are like two, three hours away. I'm just like, oh, I can't do it, man. Yeah, I can, I can agree with that. But I mean, I guess we have the Buckeye for like all local stuff. Um, <clears throat> but even that's not really local because that's up toward Columbus and everything. So that's that's yep. an hour to two hours away for everything they're doing. And they do stuff up at Lake Erie too. Yep. Um, but at least they're in the state. You know what I mean. Yeah, like true. I mean, license, man, that's expensive. Like Kentucky non-resident for three days is like fifty bucks or something weird. I don't remember twenty-two or twenty-three for it, three days. Still, it, yeah, but it's still it's because that's what I paid in Dale Hollow. Um, because I got the Kentucky one because the Tennessee was more expensive than Kentucky one. Um, yeah. I do wish there's no change or addition that local kayak fishing trails could do that are around right now. I wish there was a Dayton trail. Like that would fish the GMR, the Little Miami, the Madden, certain inspections, Cowan, CJ, Caesars. Like, I wish those, like, and it was just Dayton, like, just this area. Um, I wouldn't be interested in Little Miami or Mad River. I don't know, dude. I've caught some good largemouth out of Little Miami, and they fought like smallmouth. So that was pretty cool. I, I mean, I liked it. And there's certain stretches, like the place I took you to and you've been to before sucks. I mean, there's too many people, but there's stretches yeah. of Little Miami, like, up toward like Yellow Springs and stuff, that's not bad. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I wish there was like a local thing to where I'm not driving an hour one way or another. Because part of these kayak like trails that make them cool is you can go hang out with people. Like after like they'll have a Cincinnati does a Cincinnati cookout. kayak trail like cookout. But dude, I don't want to drive an hour and 20 minutes to go to a cookout. Yeah. Like I do, but it's not feasible. Like this year I couldn't, like I wanted to go. And people were asking me to go and I was like, yeah, man, I'm going to go. And then it came up and I was at half a tank of gas already. And I was like, dude, I don't want to waste another quarter tank of gas going down there and back. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's, I don't know. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm the same way, man. I don't, I'm kind of poor. I mean, you're not, but I understand. Um, Next, this is geared toward moi. Now that you've lost a few things on the river, including a catchboard, correction, two catchboards, tell us about what you're currently using for a leash in your kayak, and are there any recommendations on specific leashes? Uh, currently, I finally learned my lesson, and everything in my boat is leashed down some way or some form, and they're all using rogue leashes. Um, the rogue uh, Cobra Latch kayak uh, catchboard leash That is thing's amazing. sweet. Yeah. It's freaking awesome. So it's a regular leash, and then it's got a attachment that goes on the catchboard that you it's like a cobra belt buckle that you put together. So if you need if I need to get my catchboard and it's stuck on something, I can pop the leash off and get it around and then grab the leash and bring it back through. Dude, it makes it so much better. Uh and I dropped my board once this year already, and guess what? Didn't go anywhere. I just <clears throat> pulled it right back up. It was great. So nice. Rogue, rogue kayak leashes. Uh don't be me, don't be dumb, leash your stuff. <laughs> Last question of the episode. Of all the fishing products you have tried in 2022, what was your favorite product and why? 
again, the Justin Marshall. Brad? Matt's going to say the slobber knocker. I'm not. The thing sucked. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, trash. dude, I don't know, man. Uh, you know what? I'm going to say the MGL reels, man. Like, I know I I'm late to were... the party. I know, I know I I'm late to the party to. on those, but, man, they're, they were, they're awesome. I love those reels. Very smooth. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, believe me, as a preaching to the choir type person, because I've been here for a minute, I still love them every second I get to use them. Um, for me, it would be Douglas Rods. Uh, I've loved the Rods. It's the first year I've used them. Uh, I've been using them since. You didn't June. have them at Del Hollow, did you? Nope, I was using all Mega Bass at Del Hollow. Um, I think it was May, May or June. Um, but I got on with the team after trying some Brad's rods. Actually, I got a rod, loved it, and then switched completely from Mega Bass yeah. rods uh, and St. Croix, but mostly Mega Bass rods to Douglas solely. That's all I've used all year. Um, I have been very fortunate. I think Brad has the worst luck ever, and he breaks all his. But I am <laughs> I have yet to break a rod. I have the worst things happened to any of my rods is one of the guides bent up when it was in my rod box because I tightened it down on a guide and wasn't paying attention, and I literally yeah. just popped it down. And it was fine. Um, so those are easily the Douglas rods are the best rods I've ever used. Super sensitive, great backbone. They feel good in the hand. They're light, so they're you can cast, make more casts, and cast longer without getting fatigued. Um, that's for me, Douglas rods, best rods, dude. Uh, so I broke my medium light rod like a month or so ago, month and a half ago, or something. Matt, you let me use his St. Croix Avid medium light. That rod sucks, man. <laughs> I was so glad to get my X matrix back. Like here's, here's the thing. Oh, the dude, rod itself sucks. doesn't suck. I do not. But like you've been it. using such a better rod. Like that's the same way. I feel the same way now when I pick up, I have two mega bash rods sitting over there that don't even have reels on them. Cause I don't like using them anymore compared to my Douglas rods. Yeah. And those are like, one's a $400 rod and one's a $250 rod just sitting there. That's just they don't crazy. get used. Like they're just there. And then back here, None of these are Douglas rods. These are just permanent like fixtures in the podcast. There's a there's a legend tournament. There's a, uh, <laughs> a Dobbins champion, which that's actually a really good rod. I like that rod. Um, a Mojo Bass, a Mojo Bass, a Panfish rod that I actually kind of do like, but not that much. And then uh, another legend, legend elite, just sitting there. There you just go. Sitting there. Don't even use them. But the. Uh, Douglas stuff, man. That's why it sucked for you. You hated that Avid. Well, it's, you hated the Avid because you're so used to a much better product. Yeah. So. Yeah, it is what it is. But yeah, man, this was a fun show. Got to talk about a lot it was, dude. longer show. Um, thanks, everybody who asked questions. We're going to try to do these a little bit more often, maybe every couple months or something. Um, yeah, well, we did yeah. this one because we didn't have an idea for this week. <laughs> That's not true. We're waiting on somebody. We we had a show, but they can't do it this week. So we're yeah. waiting on them. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. But that's going to be a good show, too, when that comes on. So I don't have anything else. Brad, you got anything? Nope. We are good. Awesome. Good to go. Good to go. Well, guys, <laughs> thanks for listening. I didn't know what Matt was going to say, so I kind of threw me off a little bit. But it's all good. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on Paddle and Finn. Be sure to drop a five-star rating, a thumbs up, 
or smash that subscribe button on any platform you're listening in on. Be sure to check us out on Waypoint TV, waypointtv.com. Make sure you sign up for the Fantasy Kayak Fishing League at paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy. You could support this show through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash paddleandfin. Don't forget to check out the website, paddleandfin.com. Catch us on YouTube. If you got a question, comment, or want to see a future guest on the show, be sure to email us at paddleandfin at gmail.com. Shout out to our show supporters, Yak Gadget. You can check out all the fine kayak accessories at yakgadget.com. Pelican Professional. For all your cases, coolers, and lighting needs, go to pelican.com. Rocktown Adventures. Your Midwest premier paddle sports destination. Go to rocktownadventures.com. Eastport Marina, the beautiful destination on Dale Hollow Lake. If you're looking for lodging, kayaks, kayak accessories, or anything fishing related on the beautiful Dale Hollow Lake, go to eastport.info. Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and fill your tackle boxes today.